what else do you do? I, I'm a television host, Amazing. first and foremost. Well, I started modeling, then hosting, then when podcasting became a thing, hopped on that as well. Cool. How long have you been doing this? 19 years. You've been doing podcasting 19? Uh, no, 19, no oh. podcasting uh, two. Two years. And two you and started working 19 years ago? Yeah, started working 19 years ago on TV. Were you like yes. five? <laughs> I was three twenty one. Wait, what? I'm forty. No way. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, like how old did you think? I, I literally am? thought you were like twenty four. Really? I'm, I'm like twenty three. It must be the hoodie. No, it's the skincare. <laughs> it's the cl- it's everything. Wow. wow. Thank you. Dang. What a, is your secret? A, wait, it's my podcast. I know. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Supers! Welcome back to Paano Pato the Podcast, created and hosted by me, Bianca Gonzalez, produced under Anima Podcasts. So today on the podcast, like you heard and saw earlier, we have singer, producer, podcaster, actor, founder, Eric Nam. I enjoyed this conversation so much and I got to ask him many of the questions that a lot of you always send me. So we touch on figuring out your path, how to make big decisions, dealing with non-believers, and we talk a lot about the shared passion for sharing stories that make you feel that you are not alone. So let's get right in. Okay, just to share a bit about our guest, Eric Nam was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. He graduated from Boston College with a major in international studies. After graduating, he was offered a position as a business analyst at Deloitte Consulting in New York, but decided to pursue a career in entertainment. He has since released two studio albums, four EPs, toured the world, starred in TV shows, and is now pursuing acting. In addition to his entertainment career, he co-founded Dive Studios, a multi-platform media company with a focus on storytelling and audio content. And he hosts the hit global podcast, Payback Show with Eric Nam. Eric is also a staunch advocate for mental health awareness, having spoken openly about his own struggles with anxiety and depression. He launched the Mindset app in 2019, a platform where artists can share their personal stories and truths. So here is my conversation with Eric. <gasps> what are you doing? I don't doing? know, but thanks to my parents for good genes. Uh-huh. And yeah, um, I guess skincare too. Yeah, yeah. I should be asking the skincare questions no. to learn from you guys. No, 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 no. I mean, you're whatever you're doing, it's working. Oh, thank wow, you. Wow, I'm like, I'm like literally shocked. Wow. That's what actually oh. I wanted to ask you first, but let me officially start yeah. this. Welcome to the Philippines. Thank you. Eric Nam, and welcome to Paano Bato. Paano Bato. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you said that perfectly. Thank you. I'm, it's the inner Filipino in me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they call it Pusong Pinoy. You have Pusong that. Pinoy. Yeah. It's like the Filipino heart soul. Pusong Pinoy. Yeah. Well, I'd yeah. like to think. I mean, if you'll accept me, I would gladly accept you. Yeah. I mean, thank you for your time. I know you've of had course. a hectic, thank you for having me. Um, Southeast Asian tour yeah. so far. And I'll throw you back a question because I wanted to ask you, because you're doing so many things, mm-hmm. how long have you been... I guess. How many do you count? How many years have you been working in the industry? I guess technically, I my first TV appearance was 2011 on a reality show. 
or competition show. So it's been 12, 13 years, depending mm-hmm. on how you count it. Um, my first EP was January 2013. So depending on what you want to think, I'm like, yeah. whatever. So yeah. like 12 years, 13 years. Here, that already counts as being a veteran in the industry. And we, yeah. with, I mean, the number of things that you do, I'm sure you've learned quite a lot. That's why you're here to share it with us. So like I mentioned to you, yeah. Pano Bato is sort of a question that a lot of Pinoys ask when they're trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the young Pinoys who listen to the podcast, they're sort of in that space and phase of life, figuring out what to do with their life, yeah. um, figuring out how to fit in, mm-hmm. figuring out where they fit in. Mm-hmm. And you had an interview where you said, um, you growing up in America... What used to feel like a hindrance then now feels like a superpower. Mm-hmm. So I guess I wanted to ask you about that. What are your thoughts on that now? That that phase of like figuring out what to do in life and how yeah. to fit into the world. You know, I think figuring out what to do in life is a, is a journey that never stops. Mm-hmm. Like you're always trying to figure that out because I think as a person you change, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations naturally change. And... Um, you learn things along the way. So I think I'm still figuring it out. But, you know, going to the point of feeling like being Asian American was a hindrance, I think it was because, like, I never saw myself represented on TV or in music or in places of positions of power and influence because, you know, my peers and we were children of immigrants or we were just immigrants. And America, though it is historically... A land full of immigrants it wasn't developed for people like us who look like us to really take those positions i think in the past 10 years things have changed a lot and we're seeing a lot more representation we're seeing a demand for people who look different to be represented is it enough i don't think so mm-hmm. i think we still need more and i still think we have a lot to go a very long way to go however when you said the superpower part, yeah. I think the reason I started to think about it that way is because we have such a unique perspective on the world and life mm-hmm. as Asian or Asian Americans. And those stories and those experiences should be told and shared just as much. But um, as a third cultured kid, I have an understanding of Korean culture. I have an understanding of American culture. And then a very specific Korean-American or Asian-American culture. Um, And so having insight into all of those things, Mm -hmm. I think, is a superpower that not everybody gets to have. And so rather than feeling hindered by it, I think I'm trying to celebrate that. Yeah. Okay. So safe to say that a huge part of why you put up Dive and how the type of, I guess, stories that you put out there and content that you put out there is because you wanted to provide more of that visibility representation i think dive was like multifaceted in terms of why we chose to start it but i think a big part for me was like how do we create um content from artists that feels real and authentic to them i think k-pop traditionally when people think about it has been very label controlled there's Mm. so much protection and so many layers behind these artists that we don't get to see. I think for myself and the people who join Dive as hosts, we want to be as real as possible and honest as possible in a way that's still safe. Um, And so I think that was kind of the goal. And we also wanted to 
just have a place that we could call our own. Um, and so very thankfully we are, it's like the fourth year anniversary of Dive, which is kind of crazy because I didn't think that we would be doing so well for so long. Four years can feel like a very long time. Mm -hmm. Also very short, but very long time. And so it's been a blessing. It's been hard, but I'm glad that it's there because if there's anything that I've realized is that as we've been touring and meeting fans and doing stuff like so many people, I think really enjoy our content and love watching and listening to the stuff that we do. And so um, I'm really, really appreciative of, of what we've been able to do. Nice. Happy fourth thank you. anniversary thank and you, many, you. many more years to come. Um, I wanted to go there because you were really in business or you got an opportunity to start in business mm -hmm. and then chose to go the entertainment route and then eventually start your own business mm -hmm. and eventually branch out and now you're acting as well. Mm -hmm. So I was curious about those hops because I get this question a lot also mm. on the podcast about how do you know which to choose? How do you know it's time to take the next step? What does that look like for you? And do you have like guiding principles or values that you follow when making big decisions? Mm, how do you know when to take the next step? What are the guiding principles? I think for me, like the reason I do so much is because I'm naturally curious. Mm -hmm. I'm naturally curious. I'm also very ambitious. And again, like so much of my career... I was told it's not possible. You can't do it. It's not going to work. It's going to fail. Don't do it. And every time, time and time again, I wanted to prove people wrong. So even with Dive, people are like, this is not going to work. Well, even my career, I remember my first label head, president, CEO. I was like, this is the stuff I want. He's like, it's not going to work. And like, it's impossible. And I was like, and, and I remember being like, watch hmm. watch me i'm gonna make it work and so i'm a type of person that i think i understand if everything we've we tried everything and it doesn't work we tried our best and we can move on but i don't like saying no and giving up without even having tried it hmm. and so music even my mom when i first got on a tv show she was like you're finally gonna know how bad of a singer you are what? and you're gonna quit and i was Your like mom? yeah and i was like mom watch me i think it's gonna go well she's like it's not gonna work i was like watch this and then i made it work mm. get to the label late cbo says we signed you but this is not gonna work i said watch me every time it's like let me prove it to you and so there's something inside of me that no matter it's almost like a i'm gonna do it in spite of you and there's an ambition that i feel like i have to make it work somehow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't it's fine but mm -hmm. at least i know i tried and so that's like the first thing the second thing is i think because I have that curiosity and that drive, there are so many things that I want to do. And it's just a matter of, I want to try it all. What's the right timing? So mm. for me, it's always been when things start to get too comfortable, when things stop being a challenge, and when things get boring, I'm like, it's time to move. It's time to move on and do something different or to completely change it up. And so even with music, like that's when the acting thing happened last year. For years, I was like, I don't want to act. I'm not going to act because if I do it, I want to be emotionally, mentally mm. ready. I also want to be good. I don't want to be bad. Um, that's like my biggest fear. And then I just want it to be the right role. Mm -hmm. And so for, because my first film that I actually got cast in was in 2016. And I, we couldn't do it because of scheduling issues. 
But since then, I had just always just like one day, one day, one day, one day. And then I was like, this is the moment. Let's do it. And then we went for it. So I think those have always been the the two things. It's like natural ambition, curiosity, and then just uh, I don't know what I was going to say something the timing yes timing timing when i get bored or that kind of thing i get the sense that you have a very strong sense of self and Mm. of your voice because you mentioned that even your mom had doubts and then your record label had doubts i i guess i was curious how did you come about being so confident Mm -hmm. in that voice when in fact a lot of us struggle with the outside forces, right? Of yeah. telling you this is what you can do, this not you stay in the box, etc. Yeah. How did you, I guess, develop that? I'll start off by saying that I have the same doubts and the fears that anybody else does. Like I have this album coming out and I'm terrified, you know? But for me, I think it's because I spend a lot of time alone. I spend as as active and as workaholic and social as I am, I spend just as much time alone. It doesn't have to be like on a resort or in a mountain or in a something like meditating. That's not it. But I spend a lot of time alone and I have a lot of conversations with myself. And I think a lot of those questions are what is going to make me happy? Why am I stressed and how do I get rid of the stress? What what makes me bored? Like, how do I get anytime I'm feeling an emotion? I really try to feel it to Mm. the max and say, this is what you're feeling. How do I feel better or how do I move away or like embrace it and and get to a better place and having those conversations with myself on a regular basis i think gave me an understanding of how to adapt to and perceive the world around me so because of that i have such a good understanding of how i function and how i work and how i think that if i am in a situation i can make decisions knowing that that decision is best for me personally and I think that's that's what has been the thing. The other thing is growing up, I dealt with a lot of like bullying and like very a lot of adversity. And so it was always, how do I survive? How do I survive and make sure that I end up on top somehow or like not under like the bullying of other people. And so or not like resentful. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I just spent a lot of time trying to work that stuff out. So that paired with the time that I spent alone to really think Mm -hmm. about what I am, who I am and being intentional, I think has let me be very confident because I'm sure, you know, as a creative person, when we're making something, it's never been done before. This, these songs that I'm putting out have never been made before. The movie that I'm doing has never been made before. So like we have to just trust our gut and our instinct to say, this is going to be good. And it's going to be good because I believe in it and I worked really hard to get it there. Yeah. It's scary and I still have doubts. And I'm like, is this good enough? Mm-hmm. Is anybody going to like it? Is anybody going to listen to it? And it's terrifying. But to to answer that, I came to the understanding that I have to find value in the process and enjoyment of me creating stuff mm. and not just from what other people think of it. Yeah. And that's where I find like this entire process to be very rewarding. Yeah. Get a house on a hill, make a whole lot of money. That's when I'll be okay. Yeah, so 
many things you said I super agree with. And I think it's so important that you emphasize the importance of like alone time, mm-hmm. quiet time. I just gave this talk the other day in a school and they were senior high school students. Mm. So I assume that everyone is super Gen Z and um, very much a digital mm-hmm. native, right? Yeah. And I was explaining to them that if you don't have time off your phone, it's like people's thoughts are in your head mm-hmm. 24-7. Yeah. And you're sort of lost. Is this really what I think? Or is it just because 10 people I saw on my feed think this way? That's why I think I feel this way. Yeah. And so I love that you you practice that like alone yeah. time. I, I mean, I'm, I, I love going on trips by myself. It can be lonely, but that's the point to me. It's like when you are lonely and things are quiet is when you have the deepest realist conversations with yourself is what I think. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you with being so on digital media all the time. What happens is you're not actually thinking. You're just absorbing and like Mm. reacting to crazy memes and viral clips and just eye candy, Mm -hmm. which is like to a certain degree fine. But I think you have to decompress and process what you are watching and looking at and like the other thing is reminding yourself that not everything is real. A lot of that stuff is fake. And it's only going to get faker and faker, particularly with AI. Mm. And these algorithms and the content, they're created to really alter the way you think. Mm-hmm. And so I think having as much time independent of that is very important. Yeah, so how do you balance that? Because I believe that in our line of work, we have to like check it out to see what people are talking about, mm-hmm. what people care about mm-hmm. enough to know what's going to sell or what people um, are consuming to be aware. Yeah. But at the same time, like that quiet time that you were saying. So how do you balance that for yourself? Well, I think there's like, you know, I I don't love... I don't love like TikTok or stuff. Like it's just, it's too much for me. So naturally I don't spend a lot of time on it. Mm -hmm. I do it mainly for work. So if it's work then I'm like, okay, this is work and I'm doing it to like, to promote something or whatever. And that's just like the game that we have to play, unfortunately. But I think it's about balancing like, you know, having time online, but also just like hanging out with friends or having interesting discussions or listening to podcasts where you like, you don't have to literally be watching something. And I love watching movies. I love watching TV shows. Like there are so many different ways to get inputs that are Mm -hmm. inspiring creatively that aren't just stuck to social media. But that, and then I just, I'm naturally an introvert, but sometimes I have these, yeah, I'm, I'm an introvert introvert, but I have seasons where I'm like, okay, I have to go like just meet people and just talk to them. And even if I have no idea what they're talking about, I'm going to just like be like, okay, cool. And then like expose myself to new things. That to me has actually been very interesting. Like, especially for example, like the world of art, fine art and paintings and sculptures. Like I know nothing about it, but I was like, you know what? I want to invest my time and energy in understanding their like artist perspectives and their creative processes and like how this works over the past like two three years i've spent a lot of time with painters and sculpture creators Mm -hmm. and ceramicists completely different from what i do 
but to understand their perspective and their stories in a different medium has been very enlightening to me. Right. Right. You know what? When you were talking, I was like, what? What a semi-parallel life because I'm also a very much an introvert. Are you? So I guess okay. we're introverts who found ourselves in very extroverted industries. Yeah. And to your art point, so my husband just got into painting or oh. just pursued really like as a as a visual artist nice. career the past four years. Prior to that, I also knew nothing yeah. about art. So I super was able to relate to what you said that even if it has nothing to do technically with like the line of work that I do, just finding out the creative process and how the minds work of other mm -hmm. creatives in mm -hmm. whatever field that is. I feel it has fueled and inspired a lot of the work that I do. So same yeah. as you, you consume other art to be able to pour into your yours. Own. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as you were saying that, I just made me think of like, oh, the other part of my life that I think, the reason I probably have like a, I don't want to say a better balance, like some sort of balance is mm -hmm. because of the work I do with my brothers on the business side. And so mm. there are, are seasons of me being very creative and there are seasons of me doing a lot of business and yeah. trying to make deals and X, Y, Z. And so I think that's where maybe naturally my life is set up for it to be a little more synergistic. And so a lot of people look at me as like, how do you manage all this? And it's a little bit crazy. And like, yeah, it's a lot. But to me, it always makes sense because it feels like everything works in synergy yeah. with each other. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to balance like, okay, this is like the music time. This is like the business time or development time. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how luckily my life has kind of worked for the past few years. Yeah. I wanted to talk about mental health, which mm -hmm. is something that you are very passionate about. And it's great to see you passionate about it because it's here in the Philippines, at least, it's not something that a lot of men talk mm. about. It's usually the, the term here is even sometimes like, Arte lang yan, which means like you're just being fussy mm. if you're going through something. Yeah. And I do know that you put up the mindset app and yeah. i went to the site and this is it made me smile reading this so the site on mindset app says sometimes we don't need advice we just need to hear we are not the only one and this is where you share celebrity mindset stories it says discover how they dealt with setbacks overcame adversity and challenged the status quo to get to where they are today i'm like that is exactly the type of conversations that i hope mm. to have here on paano ba to? yeah so when this started i really invited celebrities who yeah. people know to answer letters of viewers with their problems yeah. which sort of created this feeling like hey if this a-list celebrity went through this and overcame it mm -hmm. then i can do too that was yeah. sort of like the start of this whole paano ba to as a content and when i saw that i was like i was so able to relate that mm. it's not really about the advice mm -hmm. it's more about the story yeah. so tell us about how um, that came into play with your um, mental health. Yeah. I mean, thank you for the question. You know, we were doing podcasts and I think we realized that so many listeners and viewers wanted more content that was real, that talked about the difficulties, the ups and downs of life. And again, like I was saying, so much of not only K-pop, but so much of celebrity is shrouded in mystery. And, you know, celebrities are often encouraged to just put forward what's beautiful and what's glamorous and hot and sexy 
and yeah part of it can be real but it's not all real and then also there it completely ignores the side of us that is fully human right and so when we were to have these conversations that were very real we found that listeners really liked them and they wanted more and so we thought how do we create a platform that allows and encourages artists to be more honest and vulnerable in a safe way because i don't think it's that it's not that we don't want to share it's just we're scared to share and we don't know how to share because mental health is and can be a very big overwhelming scary topic and so for us our goal is to work with artists and help them tell their stories in the safest most comfortable way possible um not only for the artists but also for the listeners and the fans um and so we launched that i guess two and a half years ago um we have incredible artists on there from 17 members of 17 we have g idol we have icon we have katriona gray we have um actors such as paul wesley we have hip-hop artists rappers such as black amine r&b singer summer walker singer songwriter julia michaels um so a lot of incredible people who were like yeah i do want to share my life story um and then for some people who aren't ready they they're like i want to talk about this can we have a year Mm -hmm. come back in a year we'll talk about it in a year because again we understand that we need time to process and come to terms with what we're going through and so um it's been really incredible to see that artists celebrities want to have these conversations and they trust us to do it and um i'm hoping that the content that we create is delivering positive social impact Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been a very difficult, but a very rewarding journey. Why difficult, would you say? I think it's for a lot of K-pop labels mm. or for for anyone. It's like, hey, can you talk about like your biggest fears or your biggest failures or yeah. your scariest mental health moments? And they're like, no. Yeah. Why, why would we do that? And it is thanks to a lot of our early artists who said oh i i want to and i want to do it in this way and be very honest that we've been able to show management labels artists that their fans really love and want and need this content um so many artists so many i guess fans or people who are like i loved xyz's mindset and it's i was going through horrible depression and it helped me get through it or i was on the verge of xyz and it really helped me get through it and so i'd like to think that we've been creating a community and content that's really impactful and but yeah it's it's explaining that to people yeah and saying will you trust us to do this with us has been has not been easy Mm. um but now it's getting a lot easier because again i think a lot of people see the value and the positive change that they can create yeah and you've already built that trustworthiness um, for them to open up to you. Who has been the most surprising story for you so far? I mean, one of my favorite moments is one of our earliest uh, mindsets is Tableau. In his recording, he was recording. He was like, oh, I have manic depression. And the producer was like, oh, that's like the actual term is bipolar disorder. He was like, what? So... He didn't know that technically he has bipolar disorder um, and he was just calling it manic depression. Mm-hmm. And even in that moment, I thought it was very powerful. Yeah. 
um, because I have a lot of friends who have bipolar disorder, um, but it's just not talked about and it's very stigmatized. And um, to be able to share the world and say, oh, I have bipolar disorder, I have manic depression, that is incredibly, it was surprising to me, but also very powerful for so many. Yeah, yeah, it opens up like the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think even when I moved to Korea, like, I was like, I'm having a really hard time emotionally, mentally. Can I go see a therapist? And say, no. Really? Because if somebody finds out that you're seeing a therapist, your career is over because they're going to say you're a crazy person. So I was not allowed to see a therapist. And then when I finally was able to get one, it was through my label and it was like, one of the VP's like best friends. I was like, I don't want to tell you my secrets. Like you're going to tell everybody of, about everything that I'm going through. And I just don't want to deal with that. And so it felt very unsafe um, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I could open up about it. And so um, that was kind of the world in which I had built my career, what, 10 years ago or so. And um, even then I was newly coming to understand that I have a lot of friends with different yeah. conditions and it was hard to process. Like, what does that mean? Like, are you going to, I was more concerned for them than anything. Um, but come to find that they are some of the most brilliant, smartest, most intelligent, creative, successful people that I know mm -hmm. in the world. Um, and we all have our own struggles, but we're all able to overcome them um with the right community with the right help with the right treatment if you need it um to me that has been incredibly encouraging and inspiring in many ways so i guess that's the goal right when you share these songs or these stories that people will feel empowered to um acknowledge what they're going through and maybe even share but a next level challenge of that especially here like mm -hmm. i mentioned with young filipinos is that when they do share whatever they're going through they are judged mm -hmm. in a bad way right. by either friends or family i guess how should they go about that i think the first thing is to try to find a, a really safe space um i think there are, I don't know about the Philippines, but I feel like there are communities, there are group therapies, there are therapists. I know that therapists can be expensive for some people, so it's not always that way. But I think um, even like online finding communities, obviously, if you can keep it anonymous, keep it anonymous. Just I think there's like something about getting your feelings out there mm -hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Just saying something like, I feel XYZ. I'm struggling with XYZ. Saying that out loud or writing it down and like sharing it with people, I think helps you come to terms with like whatever it is you might be going through and then finding the next steps to get to an even better place. And so um, just finding the first place to say that in a safe way. And then you'll find like, oh, this is a friend that I trust with everything. This is a family member that I trust with everything. Or this mm -hmm. is a teacher or a community leader or a pastor, whoever. There are people in your life that are there for you that want to be there for you mm -hmm. and should be there for you and i think there's a certain point where like if it is a point where it is so hard and you 
need to get it off your chest. You just got to do it. Even if it's, even if you're going to be judged, right? Again, do it in a safe way. Um, but I think also like we're living in 2023 and I'd like to think that there, there is somebody out there in the world. There are people out there in the world. I know this for a fact. There are people out there in the world who will accept you and embrace you for who you are, no matter what, you know, don't, I would say like, don't not get it off your chest because you're scared of being judged because the flip side of that is you're still living with this difficulty mm -hmm. and this struggle, um, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like I'd like to say, and I'd like to believe that things are getting better and that by you sharing these things, like not only in the Philippines, but so many other places around the world, we're destigmatizing. Mm -hmm. You have to have the conversations to get rid of the judgments you know 10 years ago if i said mm. i have horrible adhd and depression people probably judge me for being i don't know whatever right it's been 10 years it can feel like forever but it can feel like a very short time mm -hmm. i can say that now and not feel judged yeah. what you're gonna judge me because i have a really hard time dealing with some things that honestly is more of a problem of you because you don't have the empathy or the sympathy to say oh this person's going through a very hard time like yeah. i don't know i kind of flip it on them and be like if you don't have the heart to say this person's going through a hard time how can i help them mm -hmm. that has a bigger negative i think on their character and their personality than it does on whatever i'm struggling with mm -hmm. so i don't know don't take all everything that i say as as scripture or as like the way it should be done but that's just what i yeah. think personally yeah i saw this quote on instagram recently and i wanted to get your thoughts on it it was like in this cute typeface and you mm. know those quotable quotes that people share yeah. it said that all emotions are valid but not all behavior is mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that all emotions are valid but not all behavior is yeah i can agree with that on a very like one dimensional yeah. without getting too deep into it. Yeah. I think all emotions are valid because if you're feeling a certain way, you're just feeling it. Like, I, I think that's for me, it's like, you, I have a lot of emotions. We all have a lot mm -hmm. of emotions. For me, again, it's about trying to understand the root of that emotion. Why do I feel this way? What caused me to feel this way? Why am I spiraling? What makes me happy or sad or angry or upset or jealous or whatever? Getting to the root of that, and having a better understanding of who I am, mm -hmm. I think is very important. So all my emotions are very valid. Yeah. Not all actions, not all behaviors are valid because you can make the wrong judgment based on a quick emotion mm -hmm. that makes you lash out. And I also think, I was talking about this today or yesterday, I was like, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the best way to think about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can. I could punch this wall really hard. Mm -hmm. Should I? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know, I could scream at you. Should I? No. Why? Like, I think that's just the way that I try to think about it. It's like, yeah. yeah, you can do anything you want, but should you? No. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's the breakdown of that. Yeah. Quote. I think I was so curious about that because that's something I'm trying to learn now as a parent. So mm. I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. Oh and of course, sometimes when they get really rowdy, mm -hmm. 
as a parent, I can't help but snap, right? Yeah. And I remember um, trying to stop myself from saying, the only reason I shouted at you was because you did this. It's like reversing it. <laughs> but I'm reading more and more now that um, it is my fault that I'm not able to regulate my emotions, which is why I snapped. I didn't snap because huh. the kid shouted. Uh -huh. It's because I wasn't able to control uh -huh. me uh -huh. and I reacted to, the, to uh -huh. the shout. So I guess that's something that I learned that I can't pass on the blame uh -huh. just because what they did struck or triggered my emotion and then I acted in a certain way. Yeah. So hard. It's like so many filters. Yeah. How do we do that? Like, I guess the more we do it, the yeah. more it comes naturally. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't know what, you know, what the right response. I guess the equivalent would be like, if someone gives a really mean comment, you mm -hmm. feel like, um, you feel like getting back at them right away. It's, it's more yeah. Like, I, I mean, I see both ways. Like, I think if, I think parenting has to be so hard. And I see, I see parents who are just like really just struggling with it. Like the emotional, mental, psychological, physical toll that raising kids has on parents, I think is, is a lot. <laughs> and I think it's, again, those emotions are completely valid. Mm -hmm. And like, I see friends who, who have recently had kids and some of them have depression some of them have all sorts of things. They're just like trying to figure out how to be a parent. And yeah. like for many parents, being a parent is it's like their first time as well, you know? And so I think there's like, whenever it's like a tough question like this, I think what I try to do is, again, this is from somebody who has no kids, no experience whatsoever. <laughs> it's like just having grace mm -hmm. for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. You can think that like maybe you messed up and like maybe I shouldn't have snapped back at my kids. But at the same time, like you're human. Yeah. Yeah. You're human. And like if I have kids screaming at me all day, I'd probably snap too. Like it's just or like I would be like, I need help. Like somebody get me yeah. somebody so I can like have time off for my kids. Yeah. Like it's a very real struggle. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. That's... With with you having said all that, how you really feel about parenting, do you feel parenting is for you? Would you want to, am I allowed to ask this? Would you want to have kids someday? Is that something you've thought about? Yeah, I mean, I think about it uh, actually a good amount. Um, I love kids. I really do like kids. And I go back and forth between wanting kids and not. Because, I mean, if I'm very honest, it's because... I look at the world that we live in and I just feel like we're just, it's just a, a difficult world. Mm -hmm. And especially with like the environment and climate change, mm -hmm. it's not even climate change. It's just like the world is boiling. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there are moments where I'm like, okay, I really, I think I could have kids. I think I want kids. But then sometimes I'm like, I'm like very saddened by the state of the world and the climate crisis and all those types of things and it makes me think twice about like okay do i really want to bring kids into a world that is really struggling mm -hmm. you know i feel like we're very polarized we are going through a lot of difficult times as 
not only as countries but as humanity mm -hmm. and it's gonna get more difficult yeah. and so that's like a real question that i have to ask myself on an ethical level but that's just me personally yeah i mean if 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 people want to have kids all the power to them yeah it's just for me on a personal level that's something that i still am i think figuring out mm -hmm. and then i don't want to get too deep but like <laughs> The other thing that I ask myself is, okay, why do I want kids, right? And I think, yes, there's a, it's happiness and it's family and like all these types of things that you can attribute to having kids for. But then I sometimes ask myself like, but that's, that happiness is very selfish to me sometimes for mm -hmm. me. It's like, okay, it's going to make me happy. It's gonna make me feel this way and like not that i don't deserve that or that i can't have that but i wonder like okay if it's just purely for my happiness and for what i prescribe to as this is my holistic life mm -hmm. is that a very selfish act to do to bring kids into a world where mm -hmm. it's gonna be very hard to live potentially for the next hundred years or so mm -hmm. and that's just like i don't know yeah I get it. The questions that I ask myself on a daily basis. So. <laughs> daily basis. Thanks for being so honest in answering <laughs> that. And I actually love asking that question, especially uh -huh. when I get to interview young actresses, is because I think it's amazing that now the generation feels like we actually have a choice. Mm. Unlike during our parents' generation, it was sort yeah. of like the natural progression of life. Yeah. And I'm so... I guess glad for this generation yeah. because you can actually choose. Do you want to or do you yeah. not want to? I mean, I think it's great. And then my parents are just like <laughs> so against it. Like, you have to have kids. I was like, we want I? grandchildren. I was like, you have one. <laughs> so you have one. Do you, do we need, I mean, and that's why my brother, yeah. my brother and my sister in law was like, y'all need to have kids. It was like, and where everybody all, it's, she has two brothers and then Eddie. Like, and then it's like three of us and we're all just like, well, you guys had one. You guys just keep having more. <laughs> um, I'm sure some of us will have more kids, but um, it's, I think it's hard not to think about that. Mm -hmm. uh, especially in this time and age. Yeah. You know, yeah. my parents are just like, kids, we need kids. And I was like, I don't <laughs> mom, dad, I don't know. Yeah. Kids are expensive. Mm -hmm. they're, they're a true. lot. Very true. Hey, I super enjoyed this conversation with you. I honestly could ask you so many more questions. But I guess just to wrap this up, this is something that I like asking a lot of our guests mm -hmm. here on Paano Bato. Um, I sort of am of the belief that we, as we grow older, we should aspire to be the type of person that we needed. Mm. when we were younger mm -hmm. so i wanted to ask you if you could give 20 year old eric mm -hmm. advice about anything about life what what would you tell 20 year old you i think it would be just to be just to be brave and courageous and bold and to try to live without regrets i don't think i regret things because the way i think about it is Anytime I have to make a pivotal decision, I think on it a long time. I get a lot of advice, really pray on it. And then once I made that decision, I'm like, anything after this, it's because I made the best decision for me at that time. Mm -hmm. And that's just 
the way life goes. Mm -hmm. And so there are no regrets. Um, but being bold and courageous in saying, I'm going to pursue this passion or this dream or this project because I believe in it and this is what I feel called to. It takes a lot of time and energy and there's a lot of self-doubt that comes with being able to make that call on that decision. But if you're in tune with yourself and you can make that call, I think it's it's a very rewarding process to go through achieving or going towards whatever it is you want to achieve. And when you're 20, there's a sense of, oh, I'm 20, I'm young, I got to do, like I can, what I decide now changes yeah. the rest of my life. Like it doesn't, like you can literally do something right now and say no yeah. in three months. You're 20 and I, oh, that's what I want to say. Yeah. In your <laughs> 20s, do whatever you want. Yeah. Like experiment, be crazy, do all the things. Just make sure you're doing it. Like make sure you know why you're doing it. I think that's it. There's just no why, what your motivations are and if you know that, like you will have that core belief that you can hold on to that will keep you going even through difficult times. And um, I think that's what got me to where I am today. Um, there were not many people at the time who were pursuing music, I think, as a Korean American. Like I can point to a handful, like we all know each other and we we talk about it pretty often. It's like, you guys, there's like not a lot of us. There's like very few. There are more now, but mm -hmm. in my age range, there's not a lot. And so a lot of people were like, this is not possible. You're not going to make it. My, I told you, my mom said, this is not going to work. Everybody's like, you're insane. Why would you do this? All that kind of stuff. But I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I have to do it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to de-risk as much as I can. And now I'm at a point where, you know, I'm a fully independent musician, but I can put out an album with a short film and tour 80 shows around the world and then have a startup. And like, mm -hmm. to me, I know that I'm very blessed and that I'm very lucky, but I also know that a lot of that is because I had in some ways the boldness and the belief in myself and God mm -hmm. that it was going to work out. So that's, um, that's kind of my, advice to 20 year old me you tied that up very well <laughs> circled back to your original point an excellent way to end the conversation thank you so much, thank you so much eric it was thank such you. a pleasure speaking with you likewise i appreciate you having me and um before i go i wanted to give you this oh oh this wow a, an album Hey, thank you it's and not it's released signed yet, but it's out september 8th this is so awesome not for sale this one's There's not for sale sticker. hey but, um, thank you i thank super you. appreciate this thank yeah i you. hope you enjoy it it's uh <laughs> there are photo cards there's there are eight songs they're all i mean they're all very fitting to actually this conversation because so much of it this album is about what is life and what is happiness and what do we struggle for what do we love what do we hate when do we love ourselves? When do we dislike ourselves? It's all these like existential questions that I had in the past year and a half mm -hmm. in musical form. So yeah. if you have a CD player. <laughs> yes, I do. I am of that out. generation. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but, I love uh, that. Otherwise, it's September 8th. And um, a this lot is of so cool awesome. Stuff. Thank you. Thank I you. super appreciate it and honestly love that CDs are still being made. They're a thing. Sold. Yeah. They're a thing. So I love it.
but thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much as well. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And I would like to thank, of course, Nima Management for making this uh, conversation with Eric possible. And thank you also to IKEA for supporting Paano Bato, the podcast. I have so many favorite takeaways from this episode. And I would love to hear kung alin din yung favorite niyo. So please do tag me at I'm Super Bianca on Instagram, Instagram stories, and Twitter. And in case you aren't yet, please do follow Paano Bato on Instagram and tag us as well. You can also join our our community of supers that's the Paanubato super group our private Facebook so that's it thank you again so much for listening and watching this is Paanubato the podcast created and hosted by me Bianca Gonzalez produced under Anima Podcasts till our next episode stay super super super